Hello and welcome back to Recover to Flourish, the podcast that aims to debunk all things eating disorder recovery and bring a bit of light into your eating disorder recovery journey. I'm your host, Kiandra, and today we're diving into a topic that many of you have expressed to me over on socials, um, so at Flourish with Kiandra, about the desire to be normal in eating disorder recovery. A little side note is I am sweating. Today has been a very, very hot day. Um, the UK seems to have a heat wave. And if you are a a Brit, um, you'll know that when it is hot weather, um, it seems to be unbearable within the UK. I think it's just because we are not used to it. And maybe that's a, a positive, definitely a positive of recovery is you start to feel heat in summer. Uh, I reflect on times when I was in the midst of my eating disorder and I felt cold in very, very hot weather. So yes, I am here very, very sweaty, um, but I am appropriately fueled and hydrated. So I hope this episode flows smoothly. So regarding the episode, um, we're going to explore how the desire of wanting to be normal can impact, I suppose, recovery and the journey towards intuitive eating especially when that concept of normal quote-unquote behavior feels elusive. I just want to take a moment before we begin um, to remind ourselves that recovery is a unique and personal journey and there is no normal. Um, There is definitely societal norms but there is no normal and what may work for one person may not work for another and that's totally totally okay the goal is to find what supports you in your own path to healing and growth so first of all i mean i think we need to figure this one out is what actually does it mean to desire being normal um or displayed normal behavior and eating sort of recovery so for many it's longing to fit in that societal norm um, around food and eating it can manifest as wanting to eat just like everyone else or have a carefree relationship with food but here's the thing and I don't mean to burst your bubble but normal behavior is subjective and often unattainable because normal doesn't exist we are all unique individuals so normal is a phenomenon so when we compare ourselves to an idealized notion of normal, we basically are setting ourselves up for frustration and criticism. I know for myself, I always desired to be normal, as in I'm not to be weird, to be a normal person. But the thing is, I am uniquely me and I can't fit somebody else's view of what is uniquely them because that's just not going to be possible because normal doesn't really exist. We often say in in life, oh, what's the normal way of eating? Or it's normal to do this certain behavior or, you know, do the normal way of life. But what does that actually mean? Is it a construct that's been made by society? That would be my take on it is actually this is a a fabricated version of reality in which we are trying to all fit a certain standard. But again, that's where diet culture and beauty standards come in because truth is, you know, each person's journey is unique and what works for others might not work for us. So the question is, with all of that, is how do we navigate this desire for normalcy in recovery? I want to reflect 
before we do on how you kind of get over that is actually thinking what does normal mean in recovery I have a lot of clients in my my coaching work so I am an eating sort of recovery coach um which you might have might not have known um but I I offer coaching to those recovering from eating disorders and I often find that people come into coaching and and say I want to be able to intuitively eat but the fact is we can't expect ourselves or anyone else to be able to intuitively eat when they've come from a restrictive or a binging mindset because what is normal to them we have to first put some sort of structure in place some not rigid but some structure in place to understand actually what does enough look like what does consistent eating look like and then we can shift our focus towards intuitive eating you know it's like asking somebody to you know like asking a blind man to walk you know um, a path he's never walked before you know and obviously with regular you know walking of that path you might be able to learn that path and it's like that with eating not saying the two are in conjunction far from it they're completely different scenarios but it's you know the asking some and someone with an eating disorder to just eat normally is impossible because you know you don't know what normal looks like so I suppose that that is one way in which people desire to be normal in recovery. The other way is about, um, a lot of the time exercise. People just want to go back to exercise in the way that they used to. The fact is, you know, if you've come from a background of compulsive movement, you know, that, that needs to be ceased and ceased for a while. The, you know, the compulsive movement side of things to, you know, get back to, what actually makes you happy you know and I often have questions saying you know am I able to go back to normal exercise normal behavior and of course the answer is yes if you truly want and actually the whole point of recovery is you do whatever you know the hell you want excuse my language but and you know very importantly do not be in a hurry to get back to exercise You know, don't allow anyone to rush that process either. Neural rewiring takes time, both from a food perspective and an exercise and behavior perspective. You know, full recovery takes time. Getting back to your normal, whatever that might be, takes time. And you won't harm your recovery by, by waiting, but you could harm it by trying these behaviors too soon, moving to intuitive eating too soon. So let's err on the side of caution as a first off. So how do we actually navigate this desire for normalcy and recovery then? So one approach is to, well, what's helped me in the past is shifting our focus from seeking normal behavior to embracing the concept of intuitive eating. So intuitive eating is about reconnecting with our body's cues, honoring hunger and fullness and finding pleasure in eating in the eating experience as well. It's about fostering a compassionate relationship with food and our bodies. But the thing is, it's like, what what if we don't know what normal behavior looks like? And so it's important to recognize that normal behavior in eating is very diverse and varies greatly among individuals. The concept of normal eating is often, most of the time, especially now, a social construct that doesn't capture the full range of experiences one might have. 
So for instance, you know, um, in culturally, you know, if I give two different cultures here, you know, in, in, in Indian way of eating, you know, curry might be the norm for breakfast, but in a Western, you know, norm, you know, that might be cereals and toasts. We, we have different norms depending on our cultural fit, you know, on our cultural way of living. And that changes over time. And normal is what's right for you. And that's not saying it's in you know, it's, um, it's a construct made by your eating disorder. It's more that it's, you know, normal for you and whatever feels right for you from a non-eating disorder perspective. And I suppose the question is, how do you move towards intuitive eating when you're unsure of what normal behavior actually is? So here are a few steps that you can take. Firstly, education. So really learning about the principles of intuitive eating and the principles behind it can provide valuable insights and guidance. There's a book, um, The Intuitive uh, Eating Bible, and that's by Evelyn Tribble. I think I've got that right, which also includes the 12 principles of intuitive eating. And that's just really good to get a baseline knowledge of actually what it is and what it isn't. Educating ourselves about the wide spectrum of normal eating behaviors can help challenge all of our preconceived notions towards what normal or normal behavior in, in, in life actually looks like. Secondly, self-exploration. So engage in self-reflection and exploring your own needs, preferences and values around foods can help guide you in finding a unique sense of normal. So, you know, drawing upon old, old episodes that might involve journaling or seeking support from a therapist or a coach like myself, or connecting with others in the recovery journey to go on that path of discovery. A lot of it as well in self-exploration is accepting that you are unique, that it doesn't matter if you're not fitting, quote-unquote, the normal way of living in, in society, because again, it's about accepting where you are and who you are and what your behavior is, from a non-eating disorder perspective, I think eating disorders are often driven by the need to be perfect or to fit or to fit in or to be ex- accepted for who you are. But recovery is all about letting go of those chains and actually accepting you for you. And that goes on to my third tip is honoring your individuality. <laughs> so embrace the understanding that your journey is, you know, your own and it allows us to let go of comparisons and judgment comparisons with others is what really stumps us in our progress because if we're on constantly comparing ourselves to somebody else and somebody else's eating behavior we're never going to move forward in our own journey because what's right with for somebody else might not be right for us because they don't know what what our bodies are like what our behavior is like what we like to eat we all have different taste I can't even get that word out taste preferences and desires and so many different things that make us uniquely us and if you honor that individuality that's when you let go of those chains of society that expect us to live in a normal way because you know and it's not going back to diet culture here but Crikey, there's like billions of different diets that we could eat. You could be vegan, you could be vegetarian, you could not eat nuts, you could be allergic to gluten. You know, there is so therefore there is no normal eating behavior because we're all so unique and have different needs. So 
by honoring individuality, we can really celebrate our progress, however small, and appreciate the uniqueness of our own recovery path. The other side of things is also about, you know, actually how we start the intuitive eating process. There is about understanding and learning what that might look for you and what normal might look for you. But actually, how do you start practicing it? So you've educated yourself, you've accepted your individuality, but here are a few suggestions of maybe what you do to start that intuitive eating journey. Obviously, and I want to really stress that this should be managed in a way that's appropriate. Um, So, you know, getting yourself to a point where you're out of an energy deficit, out of the risk of it refeeding, getting yourself to a place where maybe you have started your weight restoration journey, if that's appropriate, or getting yourself to a point where you're not restricting. That's when I would say it'd be safe to start experimenting. And that's the first tip, experimentation. So giving yourself permission to experiment with different foods and eating patterns. You know, once you've got into a consistent way of eating, start to dive into your your hunger and fullness cues whilst still keeping structure. It's incredibly important to keep some that consistency there. So whether that means three meals and three snacks, which is an ideal, or three meals and two snacks, but whatever works for you, it's keeping that consistency there. But, you know, trying new foods, challenging fear foods and observing how they make you feel physically and emotionally. So if if a food is making you feel sick, that might be a food that you don't enjoy. But if a food is making you feel vibrant and energetic and, and fueled, I know I spoke with one client this morning and she has this obsession with oat bowls and like I do too. I love them. But you know, that's a food that she discovered through her intuitive eating journey or the move towards it while still keeping structure. Just because you eat intuitively doesn't mean that you have to let go of any structure that you have with your eating because we, you know, as a society need consistent nutrition. So as long as you've got some sort of guide that you're going to eat regularly, then you can start being experimentative. So use this as an opportunity to gather data about what works best for your body and your well well-being. Again, completely unique to you. Secondly, and I I am a big advocate for that because obviously I am a coach, but I've always been an advocate about this and seeking support. So surround yourself with a supportive team, you know, ideally a treatment team, but if you don't, a community, a community of friends, families, advocates, other people in the social media sphere. If possible, engage in therapy or coaching or support groups or online communities where you can connect with others who are on a similar journey. But in a non-disordered way. So share experiences and learn from others. And it can help validate your own path and provide valuable insights. You know, information like this, which is, you know, non-triggering information can really help you along that path and give you a bit of guidance because take it from me, we all need guidance in life, you know, and just in general things, leaning on others and using others for, you know, support and emotional, emotional, you know, emotional um yeah, emotional support. I couldn't get my word out then. Number three, practice mindfulness. So that's around food. You know, obviously mindfulness is incredibly important when it comes to just general well-being, but cultivate mindfulness around eating by paying attention to your body's cues and sensations. So try and eat with no distractions if possible. You know, tune into your hunger and fullness levels 
have a look into the hunger and fullness scale. Again, that's that's something that you could look into and allow yourself to like say you reach bite. You know, I know, you know, we, we don't want this but to become disordered in a respect of like making yourself eat at a certain time limit. But mindful eating helps foster a deep connection with your body and can guide you towards more intuitive choices. And finally, challenge disordered thoughts, you know, and distorted thoughts. Beware of any cognitive distortions or beliefs around normal eating that might hold you back. Things like, oh, I shouldn't snack after a certain time or snap between meals or I shouldn't eat this or shouldn't eat that. All of those shouldn't words should be removed. Challenge those thoughts by questioning their validity and replacing them with that more supportive and realistic one. It is normal to have snacks. Your body is not a clock. It, you can eat past certain times, etc., etc. You know, obviously there's a lot of unfavorable information out there, but you know what is right for you. If we let go of that definition of normal and comparisons, we can find freedom and healing in our recovery. The second part of this is is exercise. And I'm only going to be speaking about this briefly because I would say that, you know, exercise is an episode for itself. I know potentially I'll get some kind of hard line for never exercising um, in recovery. And it's not saying that you can't, you know, necessarily walk the dog without relapsing or doing some yoga, but if you are dealing from dealing with compulsive movement, it is useful to go cold turkey from any lower level movement or exercise in order to unlink the connection between movement and eating. We have to rewire our brains. So for that, you have to not do it for a while and realize that the world doesn't end. You know, an eating disorder can be very black and white. And yes, you know, it might be normal to exercise, but eating disorders aren't normal. And so therefore, when you're in recovery, you need to remove the things that are keeping you stuck. And then you can go back to what's normal for you. Again, that might not look like working out in a traditional sense. And I would never, ever say, you know, you can never exercise again because that's overly simplistic. It's not freedom. The whole point of recovery is freedom from the rules and the ability to do what ge- what genuinely feels good. But full recovery means that movement and food will be unlinked in the brain. And sometimes we need to remove a trigger for it to become normal for you. So for instance, it might be normal for you to, when you're recovered, sit on the sofa and watch a film on a Sunday afternoon rather than going off hiking if that's what you feel that day. But, you know, vice versa, if you feel like moving, you'll be able to. But all of that comes with nutritional rehabilitation to turn off, you know, a compulsive or restrictive response, eating disorder response, the neural rewiring to reroute those eating disorder generated behavior neural pathways. And all of this works time, but the end result is mental freedom. And actually the end result is the desire to not be normal, the desire to be you. You have to be recovered before you start again. Recovery is the base for everything good in life. Achieve recovery first, take your time, and then normal for you will be achieved. If you no longer have an active eating disorder and you no longer have exercise compulsions, you can trust yourself to do what you want to do and what is right for you, both body, mind, and and just your choices. And so this may or not mean movement. This may or not mean intuitive eating. You know, if you prefer structure, then you do you, but it has to come from a place from without without compulsion. 
And if you don't feel like you can trust yourself to eat intuitively or exercise, you know, at a place where you are recovered, then be sensible and keep boundaries in place. Be that a meal plan if you need to or a structure. Reaching for recovery is a process and often and most times not a linear one. And it's about you taking responsibility for you. And it doesn't matter what other people do or what other people are doing, which might look normal. It doesn't matter what they think or if they're a medical provider or what previous patients may have done. It's about you making decisions based on what is true to you. So using your intuition. If you know that you can't trust the fact that you will eat your snack without it being planned in or that you can't go for a walk without it turning into a full-blown you know, hike, then that is your truth and you have to take action to support your recovery process. So the joy of having happy, healthy, fully nutritional, sound body is being able to do all fun things. And sometimes that means sitting on the sofa, eating some biscuits, drinking tea and just being. But again, that is your normal. One person's, you know, normal is not your normal because we're all individual humans. So as we conclude today's episode, I I just want to remind you that you're not alone on this journey. So I want you to reach out for support whenever you need it. Be gentle with yourself and celebrate every step that you take towards your normal. You are capable of embracing a new and healthier relationship with food and movement and you will get there and let go of the the societal chains of normal. Normal is such an annoying word to me because, as I always say, there is no normal. Embrace being uniquely you. So I hope this episode was useful and, and helped you feel a bit less alone or have less rules on yourself. And so thank you for joining me today on Recover to Flourish. If you found this episode helpful, then please subscribe, leave a review and share with others that may benefit from listening to these episodes. I am enjoying doing them so much and I hope they're helping in any such way. Every review that you leave is absolutely incredible and I appreciate it so much because I just want to help you on your journey. But remember, your recovery is unique and valid uh, and keep flourishing and I'll see you in the next episode. Loads of love.